and boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to episode 53 of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, all right, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, we There may not be a show next week. <laughs> this is So I'm just hearing this for the first time just as much as you, the listeners, are. So let's all go through this together. What? Uh, well, you know, just depending on how things go, uh, oh, you know, oh, on, right. on Tuesday, yeah, I, I just may the not calendars be in the dates and, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, I just may not be in the mood to do a wrestling podcast around this time next week. So we're still doing it. The show must go on. I don't care. Regardless of the results, we're doing it. Cause I want to just see what happens content wise from us. Yeah. So there's a, there's a thing happening besides wrestling next week. Um, if you know. If, if voting is a thing that you believe will help you and those around you, uh, you should go do it. Well, uh, I already did. I'm not going to shame you like uh, like some of the vote shaming crowd out there. I don't think that really works, the vote shaming thing. I don't really think that's uh, productive. Well, I, I'm just going to say I, I, I think that people should do it in this instance. I also think that it, it is by far not the end. It is merely the, the very least that anybody could do yeah i think that's a good way to look at it and i think uh a mistake being made by some folks is uh assigning undue importance to it to, to people who have been disenfranchised or who voting has not helped in the past and just kind of assuming their vote and i think that's kind of what's a part of what's led us to this point this isn't yeah. a politics podcast it's a wrestling podcast although if you watch dynamite sometimes who can tell the difference yeah, well, we'll, we'll yeah, we're, yeah, we are definitely getting into that. Uh, uh, but yeah, favorite segment of the night. So I'm really excited for you to talk about your favorite segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. No, um, you know, like if you're in a swing state, it's probably a good idea. Um, you know, if it's the, if you're gonna do fill up, which you should be voting down ballot anyway. And if it's there, and you know, you want to write the uh, you, you want to write the one old guy in who isn't as bad as the other old guy. I get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you should all, yeah, always vote down ballot too because that's really where the change starts. There's some important down ballot races in a lot of uh, a lot of states right now. Um, you know, flipping the Senate would be good either way. So there's that. I'm in Georgia, and I think it would just be very funny if perpetual loser John Ossoff got himself a W uh, in in his election. Also, getting Kelly Leffler out of here would be kind of nice. So there's there's a few things that would be pretty good for uh, for my neck of the woods. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I, I live in Illinois. It's pretty assured that it's going to be a, a Democratic win 
Yeah, you're in a you're in a firmly blue state with firmly blue Senate and uh, a blue governor who's doing a surprisingly good job comparative to other governors in this country. Yeah, well, I, 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 a lot of people are He's like, all right. Yeah, I mean, I, a lot of people aren't happy with him right now, especially restaurateurs, because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're saying that, the, you know, that we, we, we got to stop doing in, in-house dining again. Which is fine. Well, I, I haven't done in-house dining since. We should be we should be paying these restaurateurs to keep their payroll up while they're closed. That's the biggest. You well, know, that's true too. Here. And that's why everyone's mad. That's where the big fuck up is. Is we expect to close these things down, but not to pay anybody to stay at home. And that's where your your disconnect is amongst our uh, our, our democratic brethren. And they need to step up and uh, you know guarantee some paychecks for people. And if they were out there right now saying. You know, we're going to get everybody paychecks and Bernie's going to be at the in charge of the Treasury and we're going to have get you health care. You know, we wouldn't even be worrying about what the election was going to shake out. Uh, It would be a landslide. Yeah. But, you know, I I just, you know, I always get wrestling. would be really important because if there were like a money in the bank style briefcase that Bernie could cash in right now, (laughs) you know, if there were like some sort of like mechanism to which he could just like make an unannounced run in and cash in his opportunity at the election. And all of a sudden this becomes a, a triple threat. You know, I think we'd all be in a better position. Oh, God. Uh, further proving that everything is wrestling. Um, I, I, you know, I, I just want to say the, 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 the events of Monday has really set me into, a, you know, started to send me into a real pessimistic, you know, uh, tailspin. And I'm, I'm trying to keep, you know, keep out of that. But, and again, know. this is where another wrestling thing would come in. If we could have like a nine wrestler faction to rival the Supreme Court, you know, we'll just get like a nine wrestler stable. Well, that would be and, the Bullet uh, Club, can, wouldn't it? Yeah, they could just do a run in and they could just like beat down the Supreme Court justices every time that they were about to make a, a ruling that we didn't like. They would just keep messing it up. You know, we could do like a slow burn storyline there. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I just anyway, yeah. Please exercise your right to vote, and I'm sure I'm gonna. I'm recording busting balls this weekend too. I'm and also, sure I'm, just I'm please exercise. This. You know, get get out, uh, do some squat thrusts, uh, do some jumping jacks, do some push-ups. Just you know, exercise in general. It's good for you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna be making a similar speech uh, during busting balls this coming week. Uh, you know, anyway. Uh, lastly, I just also want to point out uh, R.I.P. Full-blooded Italian Tracy Smothers. Yeah, rest in peace. I uh, never really got to see, you know, I, I got into indie wrestling a little late in the game and uh, didn't see a lot of Tracy Smothers' work outside of his recent, you know, uh, controversial GCW run where he was doing a lot of, like, Confederate flag gimmick for cheap heat. Well, uh, to be fair, he he did that for most of his career. Right, but, but, you know, but I wasn't kind of, always kind of finalized it and like, yeah. you know, did it for like a and did it with Joey Janelle and like had a they did. They went back and forth online and stuff and it did get the heat he was looking for, but definitely questionable as to whether or not that's the right way to draw it. But yes, according to wrestlers from all walks of the business, Tracy was incredibly influential on them from guys like Joey to Chris Dickinson to Edge was talking about it to CM Punk to, you know, a lot of pro wrestlers. There's a really good chance that your favorite wrestler, whoever they may be, were influenced by Tracy Smothers in some way. Indeed. So, yeah. So with that said, uh, yeah. So uh, rest in peace, Tracy. I, I, I made the, the comment about the full-blooded Italian because, of course, he, he did that gimmick for a little bit in, in ECW because, you know, that was the – for those who don't know, that was the joke of the full-blooded Italians. It's like – 
with, with the assumption and, of like one guy, nobody was actually Italian. And, and of course, anti-Italian racism always accepted and even welcomed here at this podcast. Hey, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it. My family's from Calabria. I was say, yeah. I'm, well, you know what? So is I'm this. Just, so, so is this, so is this gelato enough. that's in my freezer. <laughs> I'm just Italian enough to say all the slurs, which we're going to say on this podcast right now. No, we're not. Shut up. <laughs> So with that, oh, did you uh, did you watch Dark last night? I didn't. Um, I was going to, but then they took the only match I was super interested in off because of. We'll talk about that probably. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about that right, right now. Well, um, that was uh, that was supposed to be a dynamite match. I thought that was supposed to be on Dark. No, that was a dynamite match. Oh, well, worse. Well, we should just talk about that right now then. Okay. Um, yes, a we match should. that was supposed to be on AEW Dark tonight. Um, favorite and uh, of this podcast and someone that we think uh, is a name to watch out for, Abaddon, taking on another favorite of this podcast and a name that everybody's watching out for right now, Ty Conti. Unfortunately, while this match was being taped, Abaddon sustained an injury, so they pulled it off the show completely. Yeah, and um, yeah, so hopefully she's recovered well. And uh... I think Abaddon is fine, or at least fine enough, because there is an AEW Heels event coming up. They're doing like a spooky Halloween-themed Heels event, yeah. and Abaddon is scheduled to do a Q&A for it. And as recently as yesterday, Brandy was tweeting out that that's still happening. So uh, I think she got the wind knocked out of her really bad or something like that. She got elbowed in the chest. Something like that. It was pretty rough at the time, but I think she's making a. She's slated to make a full recovery. Just they didn't clear her right. Well, she, we should probably see her back within the next couple of weeks. All the best. Uh, you know these things happen in wrestling. It sucks. Uh, hope Ty Conti and Abaddon are back on our televisions very soon. Uh, I, I saw like some headline that said there was some heel turn that happened uh, on Dark, but I have no idea what that was. The and- only. The thing I really saw that happen on Dark definitively was Allie going back to Kingston Goon. Uh, that was last week, I uh, think. Which we kind of knew anyway, but yeah. Yeah, we uh, kind of saw it coming, but they, they, they played the storyline out there where um, Allie kind of just turned on QT Marshall, and the gimmick of it was she maxed out his credit card on the way out, which I think is funny. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. Um but also, bag, but also, I, I know that uh, Danny Limelight was on the show last night, and uh, oh. he late late of NJPW Strong, the Friday night LA Dojo show that uh, is on NJPW World that I have not been watching the last few weeks because you know during G1 climax, why would I have? You know. I also, before we get into Dynamite tonight, I want to let you and the podcast know that I have the Phantom Menace playing. While we're doing this, Star I Wars did. Episode One, the best Star Wars that everyone loves the most. Yes, of course, I, the I, best one. No, actually, I'm gonna make a, a controversial uh, statement about the Phantom Menace, which is uh, when I saw it because I, I got taken out uh, by some former in-laws, uh, and they were already former in-laws when we got taken out to see this. Uh, myself and Liam, my son, went and saw it. You know, when they did the the 3D re-release, like you know, God, I think almost 10 years ago now. Okay. And uh, I, I watched it, and you know what? Uh, it wasn't as bad as I remembered it being when I saw it in 1999. I think that's a fair assessment. There's a couple of things in it that, especially if you watch it as an adult, there's a lot to like now, like when you're older, like the, the Duel of the Fates thing, and yeah. like Darth Maul is a cool character. There's a lot of promise from Ewan McGregor. There's not like... Uh, um, 
uh, Liam Neeson always rules. Like, there's stuff there, you know, yeah. especially now, like, since that Leeson, like, renaissance, I think, colors him differently to a lot of us. Like, since the Taken era, Liam Neeson, like, I think we all kind of look at him as, like, a renewed badass. So going back on his older films, I think you kind of see that. Uh, yeah, well, that's, there, because, that, that's because anybody who doesn't know that Liam Neeson's a badass never saw Darkman. So. That is, we were, I was talking about Darkman earlier because we were watching uh, The Evil Dead on a stream and talking Sam Raimi. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, you know, as a Michigan guy, and I, I love me some Sam Raimi, love me some Bruce Campbell. That being, I used to have a podcast about fucking Burn Notice. Like, yeah, I'm a Bruce Campbell guy. That being said, uh, there's still some really blatantly racist shit in The Phantom Menace. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of blatantly racist stuff in, like, all of George Lucas's uh, uh, universe. Yeah, so. Yeah, like, every every alien is, like, a stereotype alien from a stereotype planet. And then, uh, yeah, we probably don't even need to get into uh, what's-his-face. The the uh the pod race guy yeah yeah we don't we really don't need to get into him so with that in mind he looks like a jk rowling character oh jeez oh jeez so with that we move on to episode 53 of aew dynamite taped from daly's place in jacksonville florida your hosts jim ross tony Schiavone, and excalibur uh and we actually start off with a uh a backstage promo with wardlow and mjf in which MJF claims that, um, you know, if Wardlow wins the title, then that actually belongs to MJF. <laughs> that was a nice little wrinkle. Which that doesn't, I think they're doing yeah. a good job slowly building the Wardlow-MJF tension. Yeah. They do just one little thing a week. Just oh, one yeah. little guy every week. And this was the little guy. And you can tell Wardlow's, like, kind of discontent. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, man, whatever. Yeah. And then uh, Sammy Guevara butts in and basically... Tells uh, MJF to get the fuck. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, they, there is a segment paying this off later on. And Wardlow has a match coming up. So let's tease that out uh, and get to the get to the match. All right, let's get to the match. Our first match of the evening. Uh, the, uh, the semifinal match for the Eliminator Tournament for the number one contendership to the AEW world title. Uh, Adam Page versus Wardlow. Uh, what did you think? I thought there was a lot to like here. Uh, that big Adam Page moonsault uh, to the floor was fantastic. Um, Wardlow shows up, man. He's a strong hand. I think there's a lot you can do with him. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a fine starter to the match. This is what they do, you know. Again, another week that AEW starts hot. They're at least going to give you good bell to bell wrestling to start their shows. You can uh, almost bank on it at this point. Uh, these are two future top guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I mean, these are yeah. If we Adam move Page, away, Adam Page already is a top guy. I think ostensibly, I think he's treated like it, and I think he's. And I do. I mean, well, I guess we'll give predictions at the end, but um, yeah, he's a guy that we're going to be seeing at the top of the card a lot. Warlow probably going to take a little longer, but absolutely, yeah, he is going to be a thing. Yeah. So eventually, yeah, from their current spots, yeah, you could tell that these guys are going to be future carriers of this company. Yeah, and this was a nice little preview of that. Uh, the result was as expected. Hangman Page getting win with two buckshot lariats. Yes, and then, I thought Double. that was I thought that was a nice touch too. Yes, I agree. Yeah, to kind of keep Wardlow a little bit strong there. Wardlow got some real nice spots in. Uh, guy's got a fucking wicked clothesline too. He does. So. Uh, yeah, uh, really excited to see more Wardlow. I'm excited to see how this MJF stuff shakes out. I do think that he'll turn on him either at full gear or not long after. 
I don't know. I mean, it depends on how much slower they want to burn this, I guess. Yeah, I think things are starting to come to a head. You know, this is well, they're going to work. Well, we'll talk about that later, too. But yeah, there's going to be, you know, we're going to see MJF and Wardlow at full gear. And I do think we're going to get more of this. But I think, yeah, I think this is coming to a head. I think we got maybe the rest before the end of the year is up. Okay, I'll I'll make this prediction. Uh, Wardlow turns on MJF by or before December 31st. Okay, that's fair. I, I think that's a that's a good prediction. I'll make this prediction here and now. You hear to hear fo- first, folks. We transition from that into a pre-taped uh, John Moxley promo, and uh, yeah, these th- this whole angle has just been the business. Okay, so I'm gonna be real with you. I think that this just little promo was my favorite thing on the whole show. Wow. Okay. Even better. Like, and there was some really good wrestling. Don't get me wrong. But I think this is like a perfect video package for what we're trying to build for, like the specific thing that they want to do here. Um, I think it just encapsulates like what this Moxley Kingston match is, what it means to them, what the vibe is. It really just got the vibe over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it really just had that. Moxley continues to carry himself like the face of a brand like a champion and Eddie Kingston is an absolutely perfect foil for him at this moment in time. I thought this package just really put that together perfectly. It was simple, but I thought it was very, very compelling. Uh, We transitioned from that into our second match of the evening, Eddie Kingston versus Matt Seidel. Um, I just want to say again, this angle rules because Eddie Kingston's promo pre-match just, it, it was, it was a masterpiece again Love that Medusa complex shirt. That was nice. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he spits hot fire. He's been the best Mike man since he got there. Uh, Matt Seidel had a really good match. We talked about a couple of his uh, stumbles since he's got to AEW. Did not stumble here. I thought he really showed up. Uh, they had really great ring chemistry. Kingston at the beginning doing that some of that slow heel stuff. The attitude was great. Uh, like those headlock takeovers were really good. And then the match kind of built up its pace. Uh, until we got to a really strong finish. I thought this was well done, well executed. I, I did too. Uh, a. Kingston getting the submission win. And, and then uh, and making, not letting go. Not letting go match. and making Seidel say I quit in, in as a proxy to, to as a proxy for Moxley. Hey, how about really, that? Yeah, really great stuff. Um, uh, yeah. This, this, this is an awesome title feud right here. That's just, it's, it's a championship feud. It feels like a championship feud. It better be at the main event of full gear because it deserves it. This is the most important angle they have going. And, and, and again, Eddie Kingston being the best Mike man in the company when you have Taz right now. Yeah. You know? And Taz doing great work, Taz. Yeah, so the, 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 what, what does that tell you? Of how it tells you it? that Eddie Kingston is a proper fucking legend. We come back and we get a uh, a joint inter- a joint video interview between FTR and the Young Bucks with uh, Excalibur uh, moderating this, and uh, of course Matt Jackson is gonna no sell the ankle. Yep. Uh, but I thought this was uh, interesting the way he did it, and Nick would constantly say, "No, no, Matt, you're hurt." Matt, <laughs> yeah. actually, Matt, you're hurt, actually. No, 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 Matt, you're hurt, dude. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting, like, angle of, like, you know, their shit's all out of sorts right now, right? And I think this is a nice way to portray it. I thought the Bucks did well here, kind of portraying, like, what these characters are. They, you know, very on the nose explained what it is that they're doing, you know, in that uh, we don't even know if we're proud of our actions, but we just needed to find this new edge 
they even said they needed to find like in those words they need to find a new edge so they're explaining kind of their motivations behind how I'm they've acted. losing my edge boom boom and I'm and, and something that I've talked about, something I've talked about in this podcast a lot. Um, the the young bucks are constantly edging; they are they're always edging. So I thought this is good that they finally explained it. I, I, I'm trying to make an LCD sound system joke, and here you are. And I'm talking about come, and that's what this podcast is all about, folks. Oh Jesus Christ! Talk about really capturing the vibe of this podcast. That's I think that that's <sighs> that boy that could possibly do that. You know, one time, uh, Cometown showed up on my uh, on my recommended podcast uh, oh, list beca- because I listened to Virtual Pros. Not sure how the how the two of those come together, but you know, well, I mean, I'm sure there's some overlap. I got to tell you, I've been like down the Cometown rabbit hole lately. Like a couple of times a year, I'll like, go into YouTube clips and just kind of uh, see. I don't really listen to it like week to week always. I- I've never but, listened to it, so it, I mean, it, it is a funny podcast. I don't know if uh, you know it's it's not for everybody, but I do think it's very funny. I know a couple of our listeners do listen. Some people in a group DM I'm in for sure, uh, because we talked about how we wanted to make Cometown, but just wrestling version. And I know the Cometown boys know a little bit about wrestling because they brought up a few things. And they have a famous bit about how they would write the Chris Benoit TV miniseries. Oh, no. That's, uh, that's very funny. The only thing I've ever seen the Chris Benoit thing ever actually influenced was uh, the, the, the series finale of The Shield. Oh, yeah. Well, with with uh, Walton uh, Goggins. Yeah. Except no Bowflex. No, no, no Bowflex. No, which just uh, shows you that, you know, um, they should have got some more home workout equipment and worked out as a family. Maybe it could have uh, alleviated some of the stresses that was going on in, in uh, Detective Shane Vendrell's life. You know, he couldn't always get a couldn't always get a lift at the farm. So, you know, maybe he should have bought a Bowflex. Uh, maybe. Uh, by the way, The Shield, one of my favorite shows of all time. Great. I don't I don't know if I'm ever going to watch it again, though, because I, 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 re- I, I did a rewatch of it like uh seven years ago i think and yeah. i think you know what i think i'm okay i would like to watch it again because i would like my girlfriend to see it i know some of it doesn't hold up but that's the whole thing about it like the cops are like literally the worst people on earth they're worse than all the criminals they're objectively like all villains and that's what makes that show so good oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's okay that they can be like incredibly problematic because like they're pieces of shit these characters are like awful awful people they're monsters Back to the wrestling. Um, at one point, FTR just says, "Yeah, we're out of here." <laughs> yeah, and I loved that too. Really enjoyed that. They were just like, "You know what? Fuck that. Top guys out." Yeah, <laughs> that that was good. And then the young bucks make the we will never challenge for these belts again if we if we lose a few yeah. gear. So, so uh, you know, the same thing Cody did with uh, his MJF match last year. No, that was the Jericho match. That was the Jericho match, was it? Yes, okay. it, was. it was. The- Okay, yeah. I thought it was like the if I don't win against UMJF, then I can't challenge for the no, title. No, 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 no. It was if, if he didn't beat Jericho for the title. That's how it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're doing it again, either way. Uh, yep. So, well, it, I don't know. It, that... It's been a year, so yeah, we, so, we can do that. So, does again. this give away the result to you? Like, do you think this gives away the, the GOAT? Uh, you know, I thought it did last time they did this, and it ended up not being the case. So, I don't know. Yeah, so we're, we're going to do predictions at the air. No, we're going to do predictions next week. There's still one more dynamite. Well, it, so it, no, if, there, if there's a show next week. There's a show next week. We're po- we're podcasting next okay, week. Okay, well, we it may not be with me. Right. So, 
just me talking to myself. I'm sure they'll love that. Oh yeah, yeah. boy, yeah. Over the over the over at the PWOM. Uh, just I'm like sure Mark Ke- Ke- Hey, I'm sure Kelly hey. Kelly will come out of retirement just to to bitch me out for that one. Hey, it's boom goes the dynamite, man. It's a dynamite. What's that deal, man? It's exploding. I don't know. These cats are all wrestling each other. What's the deal with that, too? I was on a wrestling <laughs> show. They canceled it. You tired of going to the post office? Oh, Jesus Christ. We come back, and it's the town hall meeting between Chris Jericho and MJF to determine whether or not MJF will join the inner circle. Now, I, I got to be frank. I was really, given the events of the of, of the past week, I really was just, and, and knowing what we know now that, Chris Irvine is a Trump donor. I, I really just Here's was. Thing, why did anybody need proof of that? Like, yeah, we, you, right. Like, we all knew that. Right, I knew I, that. I know, but, you know. I knew it. You knew it. The American people knew it. Don't act shocked that Chris Jericho is a Trump guy. Of course he is. I mean, he only had his son on the podcast and, you know, didn't call him on his shit once. So, yeah. Well, know. he did. Uh, to, to be, you know, fair. He also did cut a bunch of shit that uh, Junior said out of the podcast because he found it transphobic and offensive and did not want to give it a platform. So he did do that. Chris Jericho will never challenge anybody on his podcast. That's his whole gimmick, right? He just lets these like weirdos talk. He's had like conspiracy psychos on. He had this lady come on for 45 minutes to talk about the Mandela effect and just like literally spout off nonsense. He's had guys that think the Titanic was an inside job on his podcast and this is what he does right uh so it doesn't surprise me he's not going to openly challenge him but he did edit it down a little bit and then from what i gathered i don't think he liked junior that much despite that he'll vote for trump he seems to have not been impressed with junior okay well i I, i've seen no indication of that but i I, i'll try to take your word for it i think what gave it away for me was the the nyla rose interview when he because he discussed how he took he cut some stuff out and the way he talked about the interview, he just sounded like, eh, you know, that guy, I don't know about that fucking guy. You know what I mean? Like, you could tell he just didn't get a good vibe off of him. It was interesting. Regardless, I mean, he, you know, he, we, we, you know, he, he's voting. We, we know who he's voting. So oh, we definitely know who he's voting for in Florida. So, like, whatever. Yeah, so whatever. So I really was not in the mood for this segment going into it. Uh, that being said, I was not expecting – that question from Luchasaurus. <laughs> I kind of yeah, popped well, for it. So when, when this segment started, I was like, oh, fuck, we're just going to have, you know, the inner circle members asking, badgering MJF, and it's going to go the way it's going to go. I knew immediately that you weren't going to like it. Because um, I know that your disdain for the, like, political leaning segments on this show. And I, I'll tell you, I'm sick of them. I don't think we need it anymore. I think it's, this is purely Chris Jericho indulging himself. Right. Uh, because he thinks he can like be the guy that like lampoons the issues or whatever, and you know he he's he's a little bit up his own ass like the South Park guys in that way, um, and it should stop. I think somebody should check him and tell him no in these in these instances. And I don't think these like uh, like you know putting it like a political event uh, stuff is necessary at all. But I was pleasantly surprised when I found that other talent was going to be involved when it started with the Luchasaurus question. So yeah, that so did that- help. <laughs> That popped me. Um, my YouTube TV uh, froze on me immediately after Luchasaurus, so I did not see who oh, no. asked the second question. The second question was Britt Baker and Rebel. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, and Reba was fangirling out for Jericho, and Britt Baker was like, "Don't make this weird." Shh. And 
she uh she asked um about i think about uh i can't even remember the fucking question to be honest with you i think it was uh, maybe something about uh, you know giving mjf's pass uh, whether or not you know turning on cody rhodes if I think that, yeah, somebody asked a question about turning on him. Cause, yeah, so Britt asked a question. Peter Avalon just asked if he could join the inner circle. <laughs> Which, that, that was funny. I, that I was thought. pretty fun. Peter Avalon rocks, man. I like him a lot. I think he's very, very good. Uh, I hope we see more of him on TV. He's fun. I know he's he's been a staple on Dark. But I think that I think there's more room for comedy segments on Dynamite. And I think he's he'd be a, a guy to carry it. And then uh, Eric Bischoff appears. And Speaking of special appearances, real quick, uh, there's a Cadillac commercial on right now on the Phantom Menace featuring Michelle Obama. A Cadillac commercial with Michelle Obama. Yeah. No fooling. Pretty cool. Wow. Who knew? Pretty pretty cool stuff. Uh, back to the show. Eric Bischoff. Holy shit. Yeah, Eric Bischoff shows up, and uh, him and Chris have a little bit of their classic interplay. Uh, he gets to ask three questions for some reason. Yeah, well, because he's Eric Bischoff, but he, he gets grandfathered in on TNT, I guess. He doesn't yield his time uh, properly. But, yeah, no, Shivani lets him ask three questions. Shivani tells Jericho to shut up at one point. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this this thing kind of went the, the way we expected it to go. There were some, you know, fun appearances from other talent. Uh, then it just, until it, it gets to Santana, Ortiz, and Guevara speaking up, uh, Ortiz says, you'll never be in the inner circle. We'll never let you in. We don't care what Jericho thinks. Interestingly enough, he says Santana's on the fence, but Ortiz and Sammy say no. So now it's going to be Ortiz and Sammy Guevara in a tag team match against MJF and Wardlow next week. Right. But also we're bearing the lead here, which is at full gear, Chris Jericho versus MJF. Yes. That's another thing that they said too. I thought they already made that match for some reason because We've been building to it inevitably. Right. But yeah, it's a little bit sooner than I expected. Yeah. So there we go. Jericho, MJF, one-on-one. If MJF wins, he gets to join the inner circle. Yeah. So there, there you have it. So I expect, let's let's predict next week, I expect um, MJF and Wardlow to win that match. I think so, because I also think that uh, Matt Hardy will get involved and in, in fuck up Sammy. Somehow. Ah, that is a good. I didn't think about that, but yeah, they, they're, they're probably yeah, right. yeah, they they kind of forgot about that, so they, they they let that whole thing go. Well, as long as Matt Hardy can remember where he is, that's well, important. that's that is important. <laughs> um, after this segment, we get a pre-tape promo with uh, Team Taz. Uh, they're still kind of recruiting Will Hobbs here, so uh, yeah, hmm, interesting. And they, you know, they keep saying that their patience is very short, but Will Hobbs keeps not answering, and they keep going. Well, I guess we'll just give you another week then, bud. Yeah, well, still good promo from Taz. Yeah, always a good promo. Ricky Starks just standing back and looking cool and like doing facial expressions was very effective. It was. I agree. We come back at the top of the hour and our third match of the evening for the TNT Championship, a lumberjack match between Cody Rhodes versus Orange Cassidy. Um, I'm going to say that I was really happy that they this is actually a proper lumberjack match. Was it, though? I think so. I don't know. So I think one of my biggest gripes with the match was some of the lumberjack behavior throughout it. Um, I don't think that the lumberjacks were aggressive enough in getting guys back in the ring at spots. I thought it was very weird that Dustin Rhodes was standing right next to Trent. Trent just smacks Cody and Dustin Rhodes just does nothing. He's just like, all right, well, 
Well, but, I, guess just, I guess we're doing that. Like, I, there was a lot of like weird things involved in it. There are a couple of spots were very good. Like the trust fall spot was very oh, good. Oh God, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Cassidy goes down and or is about to come off the uh, the apron in kind of a trust fall scenario. Uh, the best friends catch him and put him back up, and then moments later, Cody finds himself in the same scenario, and the best friends drop him on his back. Thought that was very good. Yeah. And then um, the, the 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 superplex to the the floor. superplex to to every the superplex on everyone, very good as well. Very dangerous yeah, so this, too. And this but. match was good. This was, I mean, this was good work. One thing, Cody's jacked. Cody's like really jacked. Yeah. Also, we his hair. About how big Cody's getting? Holy shit. Yeah. Also, his hair seemed more orange than than blonde this time. I noticed it had like an orange tinge to it. Well, he's probably you know showing some support for who he's voting for too. Yeah, most likely. No, that's not. I'm, I'm joking. He's not a MAGA guy. I've I've seen him oh, openly bull. make fun of MAGA. No, he is. Oh. I've seen him openly make fun of MAGA people on Twitter. He is not a MAGA guy. Yeah, but he I voted think, for Trump. So you in, think so? In, he did. What, where is the their proof of that? Uh, it's been rather well known for the last couple of years that he voted Trump in 2016. Really? Because I've never seen that that he voted for Trump in 2016. Well. Uh, well, sure about that? Okay. I'm, I never saw I'm anything that, like, absolutely where positive. he like said where he voted or anything. So I'm absolutely positive. And you know what? I don't. He think... strikes me as like a guy who wishes the Republicans went back to the days of Reagan, whatever that means. You know what I mean? Mm. Like one of those like decorum, like centrist Republican types who like thinks he's like the good. Like you know what? He he probably he styles himself as like Jeff Daniels in the newsroom type guy. Like a Keith Olbermann kind of kind of kind of guy, you know what right. I mean? That's kind of where I feel like Cody like thinks he is. Well, you know, I I, I just know that he he's probably not the only member of the elite that voted Trump too. Oh, so. well, I know, the 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 young bucks for sure voted for Trump. Oh yeah, will, will be again. Like that that doesn't yeah for sure for sure for sure. Cody not so sure about because I know he has like a. He's had some good interplay and good interactions with uh, with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Um, there's a couple things out there that, that give me pause as to where Cody's going with it, but whatever, it's one vote. And it, but it is Georgia in the same state I'm voting in. So that being said, um, the uh, the finish. I don't know about the finish with Arn clocking Orange Cassie. Now it was I, weird that now, they did it that way because you could barely even see it on TV. Like it wasn't a very featured strike which was strange in the i guess and it's weird because this was a pre-taped show so i feel like you could have made that more obvious but at the same time somebody did point out i i saw on twitter that it, it was only fair because of trent you know clocking cody right and that's fine and there and there was like you know there was the dark order interference and stuff but the dark order interference got a lot more shine than the arn anderson part yeah I so mean, it was just a, a weird kind of uh, a way that this this whole thing unfolded i love what john silver is doing and i love dark order so it was fun to see them jump in there and do their thing which also is leading into something for full gear so there was a reason behind that as well so with that being said uh cody rhodes hits a crossroads on orange cassidy to decisively retain the anti-championship so we're on our way to cody rhodes versus darby allen yeah, we're on our way. The crow himself was up in the rafters. Darby <laughs> up in the stands, just stoically kind of hanging out. He's chilling. He's vibing. Darby Allen's so cool. Can we just take a quick moment and say Darby Allen's very cool? He's a very cool guy. He looks cool, and I'm excited for this match. Uh, their last match was very good. 
And uh, I haven't seen Darby in the ring in a while, so it'd be nice to see him in a feature singles match. Uh, one thing that's not cool is this feud that's uh, that that get that gets continued in this next segment. Uh, best friends uh, backstage, obviously taped before the lumberjack match because there was no way that they would go transition right into this. Um, with uh, you know Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and Miro, you know pretending like they're 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 burying the hatchet, and you know, of course they they kick the best friend's ass in the. They do not, and there was a, a a real standout moment from this where Miro fucking threw Trent into a wall above a table, and it looked great. A uh, very effective spot. It that was effective. However, fuck this feud because I mean, I'm a little more interested now because they seem to have like not making it as much about like they were kind of explained the way the arcade and the machine stuff. And this got very physical and like, hey, if it's about, you know, an up and coming tag team that wants to make their mark by beating the shit out of a bigger name tag team, that's what this should be about, you know, and it's getting back more to that. Yeah, but it I hasn't. Think, but it hasn't been about that. <laughs> it's been right. About this so fucking I, I think they're realizing machine. that on the fly. And I think this is what this segment was about is that they kind of like downplayed that a little bit next week. There's going to be a singles match between Trent and Miro. And I think that's going to help build things really well. Cause I think, and I think it'll be a good match. I think both these guys are great workers. Yeah. 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 So that, that should be, just I expect fine, that to so. be good. Um, I've just realized today that Miro dresses like David from Shit's Creek. If he worked out, uh, so that's been a thing I've been thinking about a lot. I've never watched that show. So I, I've been watching it. I'm on the final season right now. It starts off kind of rough, but if you stick with it, it does get better. And Catherine O'Hara is just a delight. Well, I mean, I've always been a fan of SCTV, you know, so Catherine O'Hara okay. and, so, and Eugene Levy. You appreciate know. Eugene and Catherine O'Hara's contribution, as well as Chris Elliott's. Um, and also, oh, I didn't know he was in the show, too. Yes, yeah, Chris oh, Elliott is is in the show and is great in it. And uh, an up-and-coming, uh, I think, Annie Murphy, who plays uh, the daughter-slash-sister of the family, uh, I think is an up and comer, and I think she'll get a starring role in a sitcom at some point. Our fourth match of the evening, uh, the NWA Women's World Championship. Uh, Serena Deeb, yeah. the new champion. A pleasant surprise that we were getting this match. It was just booked yesterday after Serena Deeb won the title. Now, where did she win the title? She won the title at, I believe, Primetime Wrestling. It's a promotion they run uh, like studio shows on, I think they do it on Fight. Or on IWTV or something. Uh, I think out of the West Coast. Yeah, because they said that she was flying out from LAX. Yeah, I think it's a West Coast promotion. Uh, but yeah, they've been doing these like feature matches on Tuesdays. Yeah, that's uh, kind of weird. So when did they? When were they able to tape this match? Because this is a pre-taped show from last week. Yeah, so I guess that they already knew this was going to happen. Maybe. So this is one. So this is one of those weird WCW things where. We have a, a, a title match pre-taped before the title change actually happens. I suppose so. Because, I, yeah. So I don't know how the timeline of this worked out, but I do know that Serena Deeb is very good, and, you know, RIP Thunder Rosa, I'm sure we'll see more of her, but cool to see her get a title run. I think she deserves it. She's a great hand in the ring and will give anybody a good match. Uh, Layla Hirsch looked fantastic in this Layla match. Layla Hirsch. Okay, so the match, Serena Deeb versus... Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch fucking rocked. Yeah, she was great. She really showed up. Again, when you have a dance partner like Serena, you're going to get a good match out of her. Uh, they had really great chemistry. This thing clicked on all cylinders. It was fun from start to finish. And the uh, the submission finish was very, very good. Serena Deeb retains and a uh, hell of a match. Hope we get to see a lot of both of these girls. 
uh, indeed. Uh, and, you know, again, more women's matches on the show, please, for the love of Christ. You know? Seriously. Yeah. I mean, oh, what more can we say? Like, when matches are this good and there's only one women's match on the card, what what do we have to say that you can't already see for yourself, the viewer? Um, it's ridiculous. There's too much talent on this women's end of the roster to not feature it more. There were some very good matches all over this card, but come on, man. Uh, the fact that we got, you know, the women's champion saying like five words on this show. Yeah, let's get to that. That was the, the, the next segment was Hikaru Shida cutting a very brief to the point promo on Nyla Rose. So I guess, uh, yeah, suddenly uh, Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose at full gear with like minimal build. I think this is a really cool way to do this because Nyla Rose uh, showing much like Leon Edwards and, uh, you know, a number of star football players that holding out works for a better deal. Don't uh, cave into your employers. Nyla said she's not wrestling again until it's for a title and she got her way. So uh, good for, Ni- for Nyla holding out, uh, having a strong negotiating position and uh, getting what she wanted. Our fifth it's match. a pro-labor storyline. This is a pro-workers' <laughs> rights storyline. Nyla Rose is a working-class hero, as we uh, we already knew, but it's nice to see it happen. Our fifth match of the evening is uh, Sean Spears versus VSK, who I don't know. VSK is an East Coast guy. I've seen him on some Beyond shows. It's nice to see indie guys get get spots like this, so it's, it's cool to see that. I, I just had one note on this match. What match? It wasn't a match. It was which was why was Sean Spears did a move. Sean Spears did one move. I will say I I do like the way Sean Spears is playing it though. This I mean, if you're gonna have a squash, it was a well done squash. One very effective big finisher and a very deliberate disrespectful pin. If you're gonna pull it off, that's the way to execute it. Was it necessary? No, nah, probably not. Well, I guess so because they want to. You know, put Sean. They're putting Sean Spears on the uh, on the full gear card next week, right? Or is he on the buy-in? He might be on the buy-in against Scorpio. Well, no, actually, Sean Spears versus Scorpio Sky is on Dynamite next week. Oh, it's on Dynamite next week. Okay, yeah. cool. They they booked a lot of matches on this show, so I had to keep up here. But yeah, Scorpio Sky um, is in a bull mask, and he's messing with Sean Spears. He gets in the ring, takes off the bull mask, uh, does a big. What does he call his cutter? He has that. What's uh, a TKO? Like, What's a TKO? It's a TKO. Yeah, I guess it's a TKO. He kind of swings it like a cutter, like the way he like he doesn't do it as like uh like circular. He kind of does more of like a half moon, like jump out. Yeah, yeah. That's the old Mark Marrow TKO. Yeah. Did Miro do it like that? I, th- yeah. I thought Miro's was kind of more like the guy was like more parallel. Uh, but I mean, it's been to the ground, but yeah, I have to watch some Mark Miro highlights, folks. Definitely watch him. As, definitely watch him as Johnny B. Bad. Hit us up on social media uh, at at BGTD podcast. Uh, boom goes the dynamite BGTD podcast on Twitter. And tell us your favorite uh, Mark Miro slash Johnny B bad matches. Our main event of the evening. And I'm actually very glad this was the main event of the evening. Um, and the other semifinal in the Eliminator tournament, Kenny Omega versus Penta El Cerro Miedo after Ray Phoenix had to uh, abdicate his spot because of an injury. Which, unfortunate for Phoenix. We hope he uh, makes a speedy recovery. But, hey, Penta Kenny, run it back. Uh, For those of us that watched All In, and I know a lot of you listening to this podcast definitely uh, watched All In or were in attendance, like Jeff and I. Um, I was not at All In. Oh, you weren't at All In. No, I I was was. still living in Indy, so, yeah, I I didn't go. Well, I was at All In, and uh, this was 
to watch live at the show, Penta and Kenny was my favorite match of the night. Well, it was definitely the best match of the night. That, and I'm, and, yeah, and I'm actually right off the rip. and I'm actually glad that they actually mentioned All In for I think for the first time on AEW television. Yeah, did they say the words All In? Because I don't. They think said they the words All. They gave oh. the date of it too. Oh, nice! Wow, I, yeah, because yeah, I know that the Ring of Honor owns like the TV rights and stuff. To that that's why it's on Fight and and New Japan also has like a co-streaming agreement because you can find All In on NJPW. World. That's true, you can. Which is pretty cool. I think that's cool. Well, uh, I mean, it's only right. I mean, well, and plus, it, keep in mind the time Kenny Omega was also still the IWGP champion. So yeah, they true. were gonna get they were gonna get themselves some of that action. Uh, yeah, that does and make he, and sense. he was contracted to a uh, and you know Okada was on the card too. Oh yeah, the Okada and Muru match. Yeah, that everyone loved. Oh, I mean, and Kota Ibushi. Yes, and Kota Ibushi also was on that card. So. And uh, Dragon Lee was no Dragon Lee wasn't there right no uh, I'm thinking of a different thing no he was no Dragon Lee was not on that show no no but uh, yeah th- so this is uh, rightfully the main event we run it back we get I mean we get exactly what we expected right wait a minute you know what I think Dragon Lee might have been on that show Dragon Lee's everywhere man where isn't Dragon Lee New, New Japan. Where, where, where he has a, where he has a contract Touché. as, as really yeah That's where, which is why dragon well, actually, lee, yeah, is dragon so lee cool. was on that show duh he was in the main event yeah with with ray mysterio oh. and bandito yeah was it mysterio bandito and dragon lee no it was yes. mysterio bandito and wait no it was dragon lee because uh, yeah because flamita got hosed not being on the oh, show yeah wait it was dragon lee Dragon Lee. Are we sure? Wow. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're going to make me. That's cool. Okay, here. Let let me look this up. Folks, this is uh, a prepared um, podcast. (laughs) This is what it sounds like when you do your homework and when you're prepared for everything. Main event. Okay, you know what? I'm an idiot. No, it was was Phoenix. Phoenix. I knew. Yeah. Jesus. For some reason, it wasn't coming up in my brain, but I knew it was one of those guys. It It was was Phoenix. Phoenix. My bad. Uh, Yes, against Tota and the Bucks, the Golden Elite. Folks, a lot of that's on YouTube, but if you haven't seen All In, watch All In. Yeah. By the way, I'm still going to forever be salty that we did not get Okada versus Pentagon. So. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But uh, also a very spectacular opening match on that card between MJF and Matt Cross. Matt Cross fucking showed up. At oh, Matt Cross is awesome. I love Matt, Matt Cross. Cross. I mean, MJF, probably the best match of MJF's career to date. Uh, let's uh, get back to this match, up. though. All right, let's let's do it. Yeah, this match uh, was fucking fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was everything we expected. I don't think it was as good as their all-in match. Um, so I'll say that right off the bat. I did think the all-in match was a, was a bit better. But I thought this match was incredibly effective. I wasn't super thrilled with the finish. I thought they burned all of Penta's finishers just for Kenny to kick out of, and I don't think we needed that to have this result. Um, but the chops were super effective. Uh, the reversals were great. Kenny flaunting the AAA Mega Championship. I guess. Campeonato. Campeonato. Uh, whatever. Which uh, I believe. I I believe that AAA just provisionally announced uh triple a mania interesting um, for sometime in december but that of course all depends on whether or not you know mexico is you know down to condition yellow or they get like some sort of uh exception from the government 
Americans to stay away from Mexico so we can see AAA. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All you infected losers, stay home so I can uh, co-stream a AAA event on Twitch. There you go. At twitch.tv slash thickflair. There you go. Uh, but yeah, that's, um, anyway, yeah, it wasn't as good as the all in match. Um, I still really enjoyed this match. I thought this was fantastic. Oh yeah. I mean, as far as wrestling, best wrestling of the night, um, Kenny back in this singles, Kenny mode is, is doing quite well. It's nice to see him again, having a match with a guy that, uh, you know, is the best in the world. So yeah, all good things here. Lot to like, except for the finish. You know, it's, you know, it was the result we expected, but man, I thought this would have been a great time to pull just an insane swerve. It could have built Kenny's frustrated character even more, you know, not getting into the match that he expected to be in. And we would have got a Pentagon hangman page match at a pay-per-view out of it. Yep. And, uh, of course the, the ridiculous opening for Kenny Omega, the, the really ham. Yes. That's just his entrance now. Yeah, I guess. I thought that was a one time thing. That's just going to be, that's just his entrance. Now. Now we just have those, those girls with the brooms and we have the Justin Roberts thing and we have the whole, we, we do, it's two entrances. He has two entrances that it's one entrance. Hey, did you know something about all in? Cause I, I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry on this. And, uh, did you know that, uh, did you know that, uh, Joey Mercury was supposed to be at all in? I think he booked all in, didn't he? He was a producer. Wasn't he, he, he was a producer, but he got arrested in Schaumburg. I remember sleeping, him in, sleeping in his car and uh, they, they, he was sleeping in his car and they found out he had an outstanding warrant in Florida. I don't know. I remember that when it happened because it was going, it was a big talk around Starcast at the hotel. Oh shit. I had no it idea. Like, it was online and like everybody was, you know, it was all around Twitter and stuff and everyone was talking about it. So yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. I had um, no idea. Wow, there are some really fun names in the uh, the battle royale too. Yeah. Uh, wow, yeah, that was we we should maybe as a bonus content one day we'll do like an all in rewatch and review or like an all in lot like we'll do like a live commentary episode or something. That'd be fun. Uh yeah, I'll think about that for something for can, for some rainy day for some rainy folks. Day. If you want to hear us talk about all in, hit us up on social media. Let us know because uh, I'd love to rewatch all in in a, in a content way. I've rewatched some of the matches on Twitch. I've gone back on some of those, and you know they're all really good. It's a, it was just an awesome show. And with that, we close out episode fifty-three of AEW. Uh, Paul, pros and cons. Uh, pros and cons: the opening and closing matches, the women's match, um, the Moxley uh, Kingston promo. Cons: the uh, lumberjack behaviors of some sorts. The uh, finish to Kenny and Penta. Um, and yeah, the politics stuff. I'm kind of over it too. You know, I think that that sums it up. I don't really have much to add to that. So that is a pretty fair summation of pros and cons. So we'd Paul, love to be in lockstep, don't we, folks? You know, we're not always, but you know, sometimes we kind of are. So in have- conclusion, this podcast is a land of contrasts. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at ThickFlareTTV um, or on Twitch, especially on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ThickFlare. There's all C's, no K's. Um, we're streaming a little bit less often lately, but still is like I'm trying to get in there as much as I can. So follow, turn your notifications on. I'll be on when I'm on. Um, and definitely follow the podcast. 
on Twitter at BGTD podcast. That's BGTD, like boom goes the dynamite podcast, uh, where I will tweet more if you follow me. So uh, do that. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, uh, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Um, coming up. This weekend, as I already mentioned, uh, we should be doing another episode of Busting Balls uh, now that, you know, the Champions League is in full swing uh, with match round two happening uh, yesterday and today and uh, Europa League round two tomorrow. So there's that. And um, yeah, and uh, please vote if you have not. Um, And just realize that voting is not the end. It's merely the, the very tip of the iceberg of what needs to happen here in this country so it's very true it's uh, very true and uh yeah so that's all i have to say so uh paul any final words yeah man who are your guys we'll see you next week maybe <laughs> maybe we, we might see you next we week. we will see you next week i promise you i will lobby jeff no matter what happens to, to get on and do this podcast no matter what mood he's in i don't care if it's a 15 minute podcast we're podcasting next week uh, it may be the surliest you've ever heard. The me. show must go on, Jeff. We might see you next week. Take care. <laughs>